0: Welcome back to the first 2018 edition of Inside Parliament, our One News weekly catch-up about the political issues of the week. We're coming to you from the legendary TVNZ Beehive studio for our first podcast of the year, and very sadly for Andrea and I, and for viewers, for everyone, it's the last with Corin Dan here as political editor.
1: Yes, it is, but you will not that won't be the last you see of me. I'm still going to be in, in the gallery in Wellington for three days a week. And
0: we're going to pull him in over here. We're, we're, keeping as much, we're keeping him here as much as we can. So. But I
1: will be, yeah, a, uh, on Sundays. So yeah, this is my last week, and what a week to go out on. Um,
0: I think National were just waiting for it to be, um, <laughs> they knew it was Corrin's last week and they thought they've got to give him one last leadership con- contest, one mm. last staking out at well, 7 in
1: the morning outside they could have timing parliament. better, because we've got a poll coming out on Monday, by the way, and...
2: Oh, it's not a secret anymore? Nah, think? it's not a
1: secret. And it's right, right in the middle even. of polling... Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, politicians. The down. anyway, Ooh. they're
1: not
0: known for their timing.
1: No. But Let, um, should
0: we have a look at the tracks mm. for this week, and then we'll
3: have a chat. Uh, we have lived uh, with. <clears throat> we have lived with the demands of public service. Um, your strength and tolerance uh, has enabled my career. Uh, I now look forward to our new life together.
2: Bill English paying an emotional tribute to his family as he buys out of politics after 27 years.
3: I want the opportunity to be able to start again on a on a, on a different life without politics.
2: Despite recent speculation about a change of command, Mr English says he's going on his own terms.
3: Clearly I wouldn't be standing down if we were in government and I was Prime Minister, uh, but <coughs> I'm satisfied that... Um, I would have the support of my caucus.
2: And he's leaving with a message to his MPs to make sure the contest to replace him doesn't turn nasty.
3: That's a recipe for staying in opposition regardless of the quality of government.
2: So who wants his job? Often described as the toughest job in politics. The front runners are Simon Bridges, who's both young and Maori, and Amy Adams, a firm favourite with National's rural base. Judith Collins and Jonathan Coleman will be considering a run but may lack support. The wild card contenders are ex-Minister Mark Mitchell and Nikki Kaye. Today, no one was putting their hand up. The party's MPs will choose the leader and the candidates have just two weeks to lobby them before the vote. Bill English won't endorse a successor.
3: I'll just have a vote like everyone else in the process and uh, I expect I might enjoy them coming to ask me for it. <laughs>
2: Former Prime Minister John Key celebrated his remarkable service and dry wit.
3: I've enjoyed working
2: with him. I have a large amount of respect for Bill English.
3: The biggest credit that I would give him is the steady hand through the great financial crisis and the Christchurch earthquake simultaneously.
2: Mr English will leave Parliament for the last time on the 1st of March.
3: Any politician leaving uh, knows there's a day that um, you know, you're know you out of the building and you need to make your own way and it's a day I'm looking forward to. Going to come straight back him. You watch the left and the
0: right. The comeback kid, knocking himself out of politics for good. Bill English first entered Parliament 27 years ago, and even as a young Southland father, the ambition was clear.
3: If you do represent your people well, you may get more responsibility but um, it's a wee way off yet.
0: He was part of the so-called Brat Pack that included Tony Ryle, Roger Sowery and Nick Smith.
3: The National Party caucus that I first joined in 1990 which included Sir Rob Muldoon, of which there's now only one left in two weeks and that's Nick Smith.
0: The father of six was at home on the farm and in Southland today locals paid to tribute.
1: Bill brings that down to earth, you know, gets out there, he's doing it, he's farming, knows what it's like so. Yeah, no, he's been fantastic. He seems to be quite popular down around the Galway.
0: In 2002, he led National into its worst ever defeat, but vowed to keep fighting.
3: This is now the party of Bill English, and it's going to succeed again.
0: Bill English will be remembered by many for his steady hand on the books and guiding the country through the global financial crisis and the Christchurch earthquakes, and for his sometimes understated sense of humour. But his political career wasn't totally scandal-free, he gained the nickname Double Dipper from Dipton in 2009 after claiming thousands of dollars in accommodation allowances he wasn't entitled to.
3: We made personal arrangements, some of which ended up being a bit controversial (laughs) about um, uh, to, to ensure that we had something like a normal family life.
0: After presenting eight budgets, he became Prime Minister when his close friend John Key quit politics. And there was no repeat of 2002 in last year's election. National the biggest party come election night, but not now in government. And as for his future...
3: Personal and business opportunities. Uh, I'd like to be able to work with my with my family. We have a lot of interests in common.
0: His family is welcoming that. We expected Bill English to go, but perhaps not this week.
1: No, it was a total surprise. I mean... Mm. Um, after the caucus, um, everything will be shut down. That
0: I just – I don't understand
2: how there's not some – well, the, perhaps there is. There's an indication that there might be a little bit of residual ill feeling because I was up in Tauranga last week with a caucus and uh, it was – Fully, completely, 100%, 110% Some on message that they were backing Bill. He was the guy to take into to 2020 if he wanted that job. Um, they built their strategy around it, their tactics. Bill English outlined the strategy and the tactics. And then, what, less gone. than four or five days later, he's gone. He
1: didn't want it, though, did he? He didn't really want to be there. That's, the, that's what's emerged. I amused. think he wanted
2: Why? to make didn't sure he... that he didn't want to go out he'd obviously made the decision he didn't want to go out um,
0: and have everyone thinking that he was going because he'd been pushed or he didn't have which is fair enough he needed it to look like it was his turn but as we've spoken as some people have spoken to us about. They spent two days outlining the strategy under a Bill English, Paula Bennett leadership, what they were going to look like for the next year or so, how they were going to take on the government and so forth. Does all that have to be ripped up now? It depends of who course, the leader is, you I know. know. It what still... it depends. It's going to be different <clears throat> no matter who
2: the leader Absolutely. is. Absolutely. And um, I think, you know, I think some of the MPs are still reeling. He apparently delivered... Uh, the news t- to caucus on Tuesday in a very understated way, <laughs> just, just rolled it off the tongue. And it was
0: literally like the next blah, 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 blah. welcome, next of our tea and L scones, and then, oh, and by the way, I'm leaving. That's yeah, so it's, yeah, a big
2: shot for them. So now they've got this leadership race, they've got to keep it together without fall, all falling out and it being a complete bloodbath. I think blood they're bath. going to
1: miss him so much because oh, yeah. oh, his favourables are very strong with the New Zealand public. He's got huge support, he's got any, any but he also had all that Policy grant the social investment all that stuff he gave them Definitely. that direction yeah he had Very the int-
2: intellectual heft and then mm. that combination of him and Stephen Joyce well you've got to wonder what Stephen Joyce's future looks like you know the the top team has got to go they're going to have a refresh Stephen Joyce won't want to be hanging around Paula Bennett's you know although they say that there's no vacancy for the sure, top job no one really wants her as their deputy they want a whole new team so I think I think there's going to be an an enormous hole of you know intellectual. Uh, have, to, as I say, vision,
0: strategy at the top there, and it's going to take them
2: sometimes well, the to recover Cla- from it's that. It's the
1: same as losing Clark and Cullen, mm, and those yeah. guys from that government. Because they're going
0: to also, David Carter and Chris Finlayson will go soon as well. So, and if not, Jerry more Brandly, Brownlee. Jerry Brownlee, there's a whole lot, whether the ones who will cause by elections are slightly more difficult than mm-hmm. those who'll just come off the list. But so you expect Finlayson and but Carter to go. If you don't want to don't be there, then you go, cause
1: you've got to go. Because you've got to give, give the party time. that time to, to figure it out.
0: Yeah, but I mean, they're struggling. We've
2: been back, obviously, a few weeks now. Um, and i was i've been sitting in and around to select committees this week watching how they're performing and they it's they're they're struggling um with their identity they they can't quite let let go of the fact that they're not in government anymore in fact they keep referring to each other as ministers a little freudian slips of the tongue there um but they also they're also not an able opposition. They're sort of hamstrung because they very recently made all the decisions. So when they're talking to officials and trying to criticise policy, they're actually their decisions. Um, so they're really struggling with being in an opposition. And, and I think they're still really mourning the fact that they're not in government. Plus, they just don't know how to handle the Jacinda factor.
0: I think... I think having a leadership change will help them come to terms with that slightly because it makes things different. It means they have to change, they have to change the way they see things and the way they think.
1: It's been decades since National had a leadership race this wide open. And first out of the blocks, the former minister Judith Collins.
2: People have encouraged me to come forward.
1: Ms Collins is an experienced but controversial politician, known for tough stances on issues like boy races. It's a style she hopes will set her apart.
3: The thing with me is that people get exactly what they see, so they can trust what I tell them. So you're never going to find me sitting around saying, what does a focus group think?
1: The next to move, Toronga MP Simon Bridges, Another former minister who once shared a weekly breakfast TV slot with Jacinda Ardern. Good morning. He's running on a platform of generational change. 41 year old with a young family but the experience that I've got in government. However the biggest leadership play of the day came from 46 year old Canterbury MP and former minister Amy Adams who unlike the others announced her run accompanied by a group of supportive MPs.
0: The colleagues behind me wanted to come out today and support me and that that means a lot to me actually. They
2: represent a broad range of of, uh, electorates and a broad range of views and that's the beauty of the National Party.
1: Nikki Kayes ruled out running for the leadership or deputy roles herself and is throwing her weight behind Amy Adams. She's the best person to lead the National Party. Uh, She's got courage, she's got integrity uh, and she's one of the most capable politicians I've ever met. While only three candidates have formally confirmed, there are others who may yet jump in, including former frontbench ministers Stephen Joyce and Jonathan Coleman. There's a long way to go in this. I'm not ruling anything in or out. I mean, we've got two weeks to go. i considering my position currently. Current party deputy Paula Bennett has ruled out going for the top job, but there is likely to be at least one wildcard candidate, Rodney MP and former policeman Mark Mitchell. So you're in. Yes. Uh, well, no. No. That, that was very. That was very clear. I just wanted to be clear. I just wanted to check. Clear, mate. No, I am. Um, I'm considering. So the race is well and truly on. Expect plenty more twists and turns.
0: Judith Collins has talked a lot about she's the only one who's been in opposition. She knows how to be in opposition and so forth. She's trying to pitch to them, like, we we can take this government on and I'm the one to help you take it on. I think that
1: she's... I think that of the three contenders so far, she has identified perhaps an opening to... Differentiate in the sense that she's targeting that She's the one who will speak up against um, The PC nanny state She will be the one that will Push back against so called virtue signalling um, That's
2: the last that time you guys th- get Threats that on phrase. freedom
1: of speech These types of things She's going to present herself as a hero in that space That yep, may work but- for, her, for, for her base
2: yeah, but then might, but might that's not. Work not for the election, but, but that's then not, not going to win you a. Probably gonna, not. It's but not national win. the national MPs are smart enough to know that. But there'll it's be, a difference. There'll be someone. Yeah, but there's some on the fringes that will recognise i um, will identify with that, you know, quite like her opposition style. But most of them have been there under English and Key and know that, that to win the election, you've got to stay in the centre, you know?
0: And I think um, Bill English had a really good line the other day where he said he thinks the opposition leader needs to be someone who can criticise the government while being positive for the country. Mm. And that's something that Bill English did very, very well. And when you look at those candidates, you'd have to think that National were looking it around and going... Who who can be that person? Who can criticise the government for where they think they're going wrong? Mm. Vote with the government where they think they're going right. If you think about it, National has said this week that they're voting for the government's child poverty yep. legislation. They're saying, okay, we will vote for some things, but criticise you, be strong opposition, but be positive at the yeah. same time. Yeah, well, they, and Bill
2: w- English did that very well. Yeah, they. I mean, they want to look constructive. They don't want to look like the negative harpies yeah. that Labour, particularly when a lot opposition. of well, but the other
1: though. thing is they can, they can, they can, uh, and all of them have talked about this. Um, the need to be that champion of business and push back against industrial relations, and that speaks to national's core base, business owners, small business owners, and be this you know, sort of champion that's going to make sure they don't get trodden on by a Labor government that might be looking to make reforms in those areas. I still think um, the best hope for, in some ways, will be the economy. If the economy mm. is gets into trouble in the next three years, that will open the door for National. If it doesn't, it's going to be very hard, no matter who the leader is, because Jacinda Ardern Absolutely. is so popular.
2: But who, I mean, so National obviously being the, the party of good economic management, out of the ones that have stuck their hands up so far, who who's the I mean a- Amy Adams is I mean she she was assistant finance, wasn't she yeah, she's, she's, she's so and she's very solid with an, um, very, yeah. Yeah.
1: You get the sense that she would be yeah, she would tackle any portfolio well, no yeah. matter what it was. Sam Bridges m- has
0: got economic development,
2: regional economic development.
0: Yeah. And transport all those issues that are Yeah.
1: It may be that the new the next um finance minister or the next finance spokesperson is someone we hadn't really thought of. Maybe is it maybe it is a Todd Muller mm. or someone like yeah. that who comes through.
0: Yeah. So are we willing to put our bets on who we think might get the national leadership, Corin?
1: Amy Adams, Simon Bridges or Judith Collins.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about a Thank leadership you. team? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, you uh, may uh, have been forgetting a couple
1: uh, of names. Well, there. as of yesterday, I, I think I'm just going to take the position that, I, that it's a moving feast. And um, that yes, as of yesterday, I thought Amy Adams was uh, streaked into the lead.
0: Oh, definitely, that, 100%. That move with bringing those MPs... Out with her, we the whole all the
2: media just went wild. I know. Very so Simon, Simon Bridges looked very lonely, and talking yeah. in the third person didn't help no. either. So how will they count? Well, that? Are you willing to put a say who you think it'll be? Look, i I think it's I think it's a dead heat at the moment between Amy Adams, Adams and, and Bridges. Simon Bridges. I know Amy Adams had the stronger um, launch look. The optics yeah. were better for her yesterday, but I, I wouldn't underestimate Simon Bridges. Um, did very well in the last. Leadership election, you know, when he talked about gener- mm. generational yeah. change, people and he do, he he is, I mean, he is he is competent. He's well connected. Um, he's much m- more recognizable than Amy Adams to the public. Yep. You know, uh, he he has got X Factor. You know, he's good looking. I can't he's believe got, I just said that in public. but You know got, what I mean? He's yeah, got yeah, a yeah, beautiful yeah.
0: wife and three young kids. He's got that family. Yeah, he's, from he's total, Maori. He's yeah. regional. Yeah, yep. yep. uh, they. They will be doing the numbers, they're talking to everyone over the next few days. They'll mm. also be thinking about their leadership team. And that joking round about that. Oh, because they'll be while offering jobs say, left, right and centre. While they say that the j- deputy role is not open. Yeah, of course it is. Of course, it, it, is. Of course Absolutely. it is. And so all of those numbers being going on right now and who will go with so who. Could you
1: see Bridges and Adams teaming up eventually if they decide? Well, some
0: people think Collins and Bridges are going to team up. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I, think, I think there's
2: this mm. sort of fantasy going on that that Bridges is uh, that Collins is going to be in there somehow. And I think the media love it because, oh my goodness, it would be an amazing thing to cover. Not and the Twitter Twitterati love it because they know who she is and she's, you know... Know, the left love to hate her, and you know, but I, I think, I think it's a fact. I mean, I don't. Judith Collins really doesn't. She just doesn't have enough support. People are, there are people who are genuinely frightened of her, yeah. the, um, her, how shall we say, her reputation. As, With good reason, yeah, because of because of dirty politics. Yeah. Um, she doesn't mince her words, you know. So I, don't
0: know. I think Adams and Mark Mitchell could be a combo that you yeah. see come out there. You know, Mark Mitchell's away for a few days. I think he is going to put his hand up when he gets back next week. Yeah. But he may be also on the phone during that time and having to think about what his options are. Yeah. And if you think about that idea of Amy Adams, although she says you know she she was born in Auckland and so forth, she does. She's a Samhain, she's rural, mm. she needs someone that makes brings in that Auckland and Wellington vote at the same time. And Mark Mitchell will appeal to perhaps some of the voters that Amy Adams doesn't appeal Absolutely.
2: to. Absolutely, He's incredibly popular within the caucus. He is, yeah. um, and he will bring in a got, lot of
0: votes for her is the other thing.
2: He's got great relationships with the media. Um, I think if I was tactical and if I was thinking tactically and smart and I was Mark Mitchell, I would think, well... It's highly likely that the, the, the person who's, who gets the job is the sacrificial lamb um, yeah. for 2020. Yeah. And if I'm deputy, I get to raise my public yeah. profile, do a good job, and then, hey, there's a new job. We also, there hasn't
0: been much talk of Todd Mueller, which is interesting because there had been no, a lot of talk. No. He's been whether, very quiet he's this been, uh, Whether maybe he's thinking of a deputy, you know, do we look at a Simon Bridges-Todd Mueller or, or a Amy Adams-Todd Mueller combo? Is that something that people are looking
1: and at? Then is like, and is Joyce still thinking about jumping. And
2: is for me, this is the most fascinating thing about this whole race is, my, what is going to happen to Joyce. I don't think he's seriously going to go for it. but I Definitely be wrong. Yeah, Coleman. If he goes for it, he'll pull pull out. He just doesn't have the support. But the the position of Joyce, because Joyce has been the man behind all the election campaigns and up until this election, he was incredibly successful and he might not be... As well liked as some of the others, but We're everyone suspected. respected yes. his. Yeah. Up until the election, everyone respected his abilities, but he what, did have no? a disaster
0: with the Northern by-election. He did, Which did and, and,
2: then, the and then, then the eleven, dollar $11 billion dollar hole. Well, he dug himself a grave with that, didn't yes. he?
0: But it's gonna. Yeah, I just think
2: it's well, really. Again,
1: you take him out of the mix, and you got Joyce English Keegan. Yeah. And Eagleson, Wayne Eagleson, but the same thing, same thing happened
0: with Labor, though. Mm. I mean, when they when they lost, it's a natural clearing out. Yes, yeah. But what happened to Labor? <laughs> and look, it well, took them yeah. nine
1: years to bounce back. Yeah. And this is,
0: you know, all the candidates yesterday are talking and saying, you know, this this caucus is united and it's not. This isn't going to get dirty, no matter what. As soon as you have five people or th- well, three at the moment, but let's say five people end up putting their hands up mm. for the leadership. Oh, for humans, yeah. They there is going to be problems. Whoever is leader is going. To face a big task To then reunite that Absolutely I I, I mean
2: it's been Really clean and and um, very civilised so far But I mean these are politicians They're they ambitious politicians themselves. They they just are still very sore About what happened yeah. in September, October So I, I think they've they've got, be punished, There's going to be blood on they've the got, floor they've, got to,
0: they've also got two weeks to white hand each other So yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah. oh, i bring it
0: on Anyway, <laughs> other big story for this week Is uh, the um, Julie Bishop was in New Zealand And Andrea got course, to go that to that to a very, rainy, like a nice. very rainy A very rainy for the first time <laughs> Not My really shoe's still on, dried <laughs> yeah. out. It's like, why Let's uh, have a look at what happened.
2: Storm clouds were breaking as Julie Bishop and Winston Peters arrived on Waiheke Island for diplomatic talks. Australians never complain about rain, I can assure you. But she did complain before the election when a Labour MP got tangled up in Australian domestic politics. I would find it very hard to build trust with those
3: involved in allegations designed to undermine the government of Australia.
2: There's also ongoing tensions over New Zealand's offer to take Manus Island refugees. But Julie Bishop was quick to downplay any disharmony today.
3: We don't always agree, and families don't always agree, but we are able to work through
2: any disagreements in a very positive way. There was a late night meeting with Jacinda Ardern after dinner at Winston Peters' Auckland home.
3: No, I know. I, no, I think, um, I think uh, Mr. Bishop deserves better than that. <laughs> I think this, this indicates... But I organised it, right? So it was a delightful and in-depth
2: conversation. Tough conversations are on the horizon. The International Coalition Against Islamic State meets in Kuwait next week to discuss the reconstruction of Iraq. And New Zealand must decide whether to pull troops out of Taji Air Base later this year. Labour, New Zealand First and the Greens all oppose the deployment. The meeting's come ahead of a visit to Australia by Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern in just a few weeks' time. That will mark her second face-to-face meeting with Australian Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull. Mr Peters says they'll talk more about Iraq then.
3: There's not, an answer, there's not a question we can answer at this point in time.
2: This is a matter for the New Zealand government and would I suggest in response to what the Iraqi government may or may not require. Both ministers carefully plotting a course
1: for a deeper
2: relationship.
1: So is everything just patched up now?
0: Yeah, no, everything's no. fine, right? It's, it is. The most not, important thing is the comparison between Julie Bishop and, and Jacinda Duns shoes, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's the, the main thing. That, yeah. Did you read my column? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope everyone knows I'm not being serious there, in case anyone thinks I'm being serious. They, they do look like slippers, though. <laughs> yeah, they do look like slippers. She wore them at Waitangi a lot as well. Which just You're talking about your <laughs> shoes. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is fair enough because it's <laughs> you 're running around all day anyway we 're not allowed to talk about it
2: anyway, um, yeah no I, d- I mean it was a, g- a great display, absolutely fantastic. Winston had a round for dinner for tea, uh, just in to pop round for a bit of a yarn, and uh, all is good, all is not good, all is not all right. good. there are still uh, Australia took great offense obviously over the manus Island situation that 's still rumbling on. the intelligence leaks. Uh, to undermine the New Zealand government continue. Um, the university uh, tertiary education mm. fees thing is resolved. I think there's still you know a little bit of an ill feeling there um, about communication more than anything yeah. that that New Zealand is continually kept out of the loop in these
0: policy and they decisions. only find out when Australian media click onto it all
2: exactly. But the big the big thing the big thing that's coming this year and I think this is just going to um, it's going to be a continuing thread. Uh, throughout the year is Iraq and what's going to happen. Obviously, there's this big reconstruction meeting uh, in Kuwait at the moment to discuss the future of Iraq, what reconstruction looks like. New Zealand isn't represented at ministerial level, which I find quite interesting. Yeah, Yeah, Julie Bishop is going to be there. Um, Jacinda Ardern's going to uh, Australia in March, and we know that a decision has to be made on that deployment, whether New Zealand continues the training mission, whether it... Uh, it's involved in reconstruction, like we were yep. in Afghanistan. Yep. So, so there's lots of. There's lot, Australia would be putting pressure so on. Us. That, because, so what,
1: what, what, let's because. Uh, so, what? Let's say she says yes and they'll continue. There's no real. She, she judges that, you know, I mean, the New Zealand public will probably say that's fine. I if don't, it's a
2: reconstruction what, what, what,
1: what, How will the Greens react to that? Well,
2: that's the well, issue, isn't gonna... it? Because all three parties in the coalition were opposed to the deployment. And it's, it's just a bit rich for them now to turn around and continue it. I mean, Key was very clear. There was going to be two years. Then it got extended. For the Labour-led government to then further extend it, I just think isn't going Might to go Might there over be some, to secure, what?
1: Some, some classified information that, that, we that they can put in front of James Shaw and say, hey, look,
2: this is, what this is why we've got to I, do it. It would I, have to be extremely compelling for James to win over his... His support base They're activists They're never going to support <laughs> I mean, God, you've got Green MPs uh, protesting that's outside hope at the moment How are you going to get So the... she's got
1: to what? How long? In November's the it, No,
2: no, no uh, The decision uh, logistically, It has to be made by four. April, April. Yeah. So that's, well, that's And she's one. going
0: Meeting with Malcolm Turnbull In Sydney in a couple of weeks So she's going to be Feeling the pressure That's going to be talked about Then Australia is going To be wanting us there And I think I felt like she was Really uncomfortable When she was questioned About this post On Monday, she clearly has been. She knows classified information, obviously, and she was unsure. She just didn't seem as sure. She knows she seems very sure on every other issue you ask her about. On that, I felt like she. It's a very defining
1: moment. It'll be. It will really shape her leadership if she if she was to pull out against the wishes of Australia. That would be quite a big move.
2: Absolutely. Well, Helen Clark. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But you know, there there wasn't. I mean, it's a it's a different Afghanistan. It's it's a long time ago yeah. now. You yeah. know that I think lots of lessons have been learned about our involvement in these missions, and I, I think she's got a massive ask to convince people it's the right thing to do now. However, uh, an interesting aside to this whole story was the report that came out on Monday um, by Harmite Sudun, who was the who was the Kiwi who was. Yep. Um, Held hostage in Iraq, a really interesting report um, talking about whether there was a bit of mission creep, whether the public hadn't been fully held, um, you know, kept up Informed, to speed with yeah. w- exactly with what where was, they were yeah. training. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I think that was that fed into her her, her being became, uncomfortable. Yeah. She, didn't, she clearly had a, a very quick briefing. She didn't have all the answers there. Um, Ron Mark, the Defence Minister, was out of the country at the time, so well, he, he, went was, there, didn't he? he was in Iraq, he and, was in Afghanistan in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. is now in Europe. So, um, but I think I think um, if the government government and the coalition parties are going to convince the public that they extend the mission in Iraq in whatever form, I think they're going to have to look very closely at the at the way that the Defence Force behaves and the and lack how, what of they transparency. The because um, it's very difficult to get answers out of the Defence Force. In fact, if you're watching Defence Force, I'm still waiting for well, she, the answers did, to the questions.
1: Did I did I is I mean, she doing is a hit-and-run investigation,
0: I though, say, this she is, is going to look at it. It. She has asked them to look at it, which is quite different. But but that also feeds into what we saw with hit-and-run and that... It was very murky. Absolutely, about, about Absolutely. what had happened and 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 what the government gets told. And things and, have
2: been held about the hel- Things have been held back about this mission from the public. T- in some instances for security reasons, but in other reasons just because they don't they don't feel like they need to inform the public. It's a very close It's well, very a, easy. Well,
1: I think it doesn't is going help to be that they've
2: got a defence minister who is who is enthralled to the defence force as well.
1: Yeah, but I think defence is going to be – this is going to be a really fascinating area because for a number of reasons. Because they promised the government was supposed to spend, what, $20 mm. billion, this $30, mass, billion. 30 billion, this yeah. massive de- defence spend over the next 20 years or whatever it is um, – you can see Robertson's desperately trying to find ways not to do not this, all of that. Yeah. Well, he'll have to do most of it. The
2: expectation. Well, this is because this is re- this is really fascinating because the expectation um, of our security partners. is they will. They, that they will be... But not only for that we are capable to deploy to the Mid- Middle East and other areas, but there is an expectation that we are able to continue our responsibilities in the Southern Ocean yep. and, in the, and in the Pacific with climate change and whatnot. So there, there, our partners Australia and America are looking very closely at the hardware that we're thinking of buying. Yeah. If we don't. Buy it. So that, that so that means that the really defence
1: spend, which Robertson has said before the election he thought there were ways to, to cut it, mm. is actually a foreign foreign affairs decision mm. that's going to have implications, as you say, for our security partners. And then you've got Australia will be will be they make guns and bombs over there. They're going to want us to <laughs> buy, buy theirs. Yep. Yep. Um, there's all sorts of. It's going to be very tricky for them to work that out. And obviously, Ron Mark's not going to be someone who's going to want to see any cuts, big cuts no. in, in that spending. No, 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 and then there's why. the procurement issue, which we don't have a great track record no, on. No, we
2: don't. Well, we, we, can't, we, we just physically can't buy things cheaply because we buy in such small quantities. Yes. So we end up with substandard... A you know.
1: hundred lives when we only wanted twenty. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a hu- it's going to be a huge issue, coupled with Iraq and the decisions that we have to make, and then you know all the geo- geopolitical stuff that's going on at the moment with North Korea and what's going to happen <laughs> there, and you know. It will be
1: interesting to see how it comes to the fore over the course of the year.
0: Yeah, mm. and well, you speak- won't be here. You won't be
2: here. I'll be
1: here.
0: <laughs> Speaking of big issues that are big challenges for the government and uh, it's gonna, how they're going to spend That's their right, money. That's right. I'm going to hold them to account. <laughs> housing. <laughs> um, uh, the housing stock. Government's mm. housing stock take report released. Oh, where do you begin? This week. Where do you begin with it? Let's have a look at some of it because there's a lot to it. <laughs> a national housing crisis and tenants are feeling the squeeze.
3: Rents are going to rise very rapidly because we have screwed up so many different things when it comes to housing in New Zealand.
0: The authors of the first ever National Housing stock Stocktake say the crisis is greater than they expected.
3: We believe that they're going to get worse uh, before they get better.
0: A litany of problems, pressure on the elderly who are not mortgage free, low home ownership rates, housing shortages all laid bare in the government ordered report.
3: This exercise isn't designed to be some kind of uh, blame game. But if you don't understand the true extent and nature of the problem, you sure as hell aren't going to be able to solve it. It's a political window dressing exercise. In
0: the capital there's been little to no growth in rental stock but the populations growing two percent.
1: It's just been so difficult. Everyone here is talking about it. I think people would like to see some action.
0: When you're young professionals trying to find something affordable is kind of getting insane.
1: People have to lower their standards
2: for what they would normally live in.
0: Then there's the hidden homeless. The exact homeless population is unknown and up to 90% of those who ask for help are turned away. Huge
2: numbers, as the report says, who certainly aren't answering census forms but also aren't on the MSD social housing register.
0: One of the keys to unlocking the housing puzzle is finding more land to build new houses on. Phil Twyford insists the government has found new Crown and private land to do that but won't yet reveal where that is or how much he's found.
3: The government has created the expectation that thousands of New Zealanders are going to get access to significantly subsidised first homes and there's no sign that that's going to happen.
0: The government's pledging to build 10,000 homes a year through KiwiBuild and it'll review tenancy laws and provide more state housing. But one of the report's authors want them to go further.
3: My ambition would be to build 500,000 houses, not 100,000 houses. I'm just so happy that for once I'm not the most ambitious person in the room.
0: So a clear framework laid out, now up to the government to build on it. Now, what's interesting about this report is that the people who... I think you have to remember the people who wrote this were people... Uh, it was the Salvation Army and others who...
1: Sharmabil who, Yakub, who's... who's yeah, their views, their views, Sacha their Sacha views on these issues
0: are known. Yes. So, And they were going to feed into a Labour government's narrative. I'm not saying that what, what was in the report isn't true, but you've got to remember the, where they were coming from mm-hmm. when they wrote this report. Um, also, I mean... So here's my issue with it.
2: Phil Twyford spent the last three, four years telling us how much of a Banging crisis we about. were in, going on and on. He had all these figures. They used to bandy around that 44,000 homeless from the University of Otago study all the right. time. Mm. Like we, We know that we know there's a the problem. Are. Is. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to do a report. It doesn't butter your parsnips. It doesn't get things done. I want to know what how they gonna they're going to make KiwiBuild work because it's still not clear to me. Well, I want to know how they're going to build 2,000 extra state houses, especially when you've got massive construction companies like Fletcher Building. And, <laughs> you know... It, I think we have to remember with that
0: 2,000 state houses that Phil Twyford's talking about is actually Labour only went into the election promising 1,000. And Cabinet hasn't signed off. Cabinet hasn't agreed to build 2,000 on it. Twyford says he's got to get that past his Cabinet colleagues. Jacinda Ardern says, yes, well, we're all aspirational. We want to build as many as we can, but there are budget constraints and we don't know if we're going to be able to do it. Bill Twyford does not have the support of his colleagues to have enough money to build 2,000 extra state houses a year. I don't see that happening. Really? I, don't, I, do, well, I just he's, don't they, because he's, Because they want to do a lot of... They, there's mm. only so much money. We all know there's only so much money that's going to come in the budget this year. It's a lot... Those And that, that whole idea of Kiwi building 10,000 houses a year, the government is very clear now, if you listen to what they've been saying mm. the past few days, that... It's going to be very slow in the first three years. Yeah. So there's, well, there's no way we just the capability. Not gonna, they're not going to be able to do it.
2: I mean, it, it doesn't matter how much money... The, the, the government could
0: throw money at it. It's actually the fact that there's a huge skills shortage and, you know, bringing in materials... And land, you know. Again, Phil Twyford said, yes, they've found more crown land, but he couldn't tell us where... So they're
1: going to have one hell up they of have a public a relations exercise to... to, to Meet those expectations yeah. of the public, which are that there's lots gonna of Is it going to take us on, on another
0: Nick Smith magical bus tour well. of Crown mm. Land that they're supposedly going to free out, most, m- free up most of which Nick Smith never could yeah. free up? Cra- I think this is just
2: another example of of um, you know this government learning the realities of governing. Yes, you can, there's lots of things you can say in opposition, but and lots of promises you can make, but it's it's whether you can actually deliver on them. And I think in in this instance, um, you know you. A report just doesn't cut us. No,
0: I mean I think the report's good in the sense that they can now look at it and we can hold them to account, almost like the child poverty targets or whatever else, because we can sit back. I can come back in a year's time and have a look at what that report said then about mm. all those figures, yep. how many more elderly people were receiving the accommodation supplement and super, mm. whatever it is, and say, well, actually this hasn't changed or t- this has got worse mm. under. And I tell you one and thing so that we can use it as a marker.
1: One thing that came out of it, which is interesting, um, but won't happen, is that you know Shumar was basically saying they have got to borrow more money. They need to yeah. blow out the debt yeah. target, forget the fiscal. The only yeah. way you're going to fix this problem is to borrow heaps of money and use it to build the houses yeah. but of course there's no way Grant Robertson can back away from that promise to no, p- hit no. 20% debt within 5 years because and it's his credibility on the line. To
2: be fair to to Labour and Grant Robertson as well I mean um Chumville was was also critical of the previous government for sure. not borrowing as well and they've just they've just painted themselves into this hole now where where this they debt target start, yeah. they have
0: to stick to the debt target but um it's going gonna, it's gonna to harm them. Well, I it mean, Shamabile also wanted, you know, 50,000 houses built. And, but he was also very critical of Phil Twyford's Kiwi Build plan, in which he said, look, there's not enough detail as well. So everyone is saying to Labour... We need more detail. We need more detail on this, and 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 the government is struggling to come up with the answers on that. I mean, yes, it's only been 120 days or whatever, but still, yep. they had many years in which they talked about doing this. They, yeah. you know, they need to give us more details about how it's going to happen. We
2: should remember also that if Amy Adams gets the top job at national, she did hold the social housing. Yes. Um, portfolio for a while there and actually didn't really put a foot wrong. She got all those
0: boosted emergency housing places and so forth that as soon as she took over, she... Absolutely. Yeah. So she's going to be, if she gets the job, she's going to really be turning the screws on Phil yeah.
2: Twyford.
1: She'll know, she'll know where it all works. Yeah. Also, I
0: mean, one thing I asked Phil Twyford about is, is are you going to get to a point where, because all the homelessness is rising, that report made the point that we're not going to see homelessness going down anytime mm-hmm. soon, that... So those emergency housing placements are still needed. The government's building those, you know, these big blocks of emergency housing. At some point, they need to decide, though, if they're using that land, do we build permanent houses Mm. or do we still keep them as transitional housing places? And Phil Twyford said, well, that that call is going to have to be made. It's going to be a tough call, but they are going to have to do that. So, Mm. because... People need permanent houses. Wait for winter,
1: well. eh, when, it, when, when it the get, crunch it really, really comes again. on, mm-hmm. and it will. And
0: those social housing awareness numbers are still going up as well. So. Oh, well, I mean, I
2: and I was in Auckland at the weekends and, and I, you know, driving around in the evening, and just, this just...
0: Sleeping by bodies everywhere yeah. You know it's, it's a very visible problem And it's not also the Remember that report Is that rental side I mean that's the big story At the moment mm. And it always is Because of students Coming back to the big cities For for university mm. and so forth But if you look at rents In Wellington and, and what people are facing here I know so many people Desperate to find somewhere Absolutely To live But then in the flip side If you affordable. live in Christchurch And you're trying to they sell can't. Your house at the moment It's you know no one's, Yeah
2: It's uh, yeah I think
0: housing is going to Continue to be a huge theme In, in politics yeah. for us this year and on that note all the stories that Corin has done on housing and all of this. I reckon
1: I might have done a few over the years <laughs> <laughs> on the housing We should go
0: through and count those. Yeah. yeah, This is let's have a look at five years of Corin Dan as political.
2: Trademark Southerly didn't falter today, but 40,000 fans didn't really care.
1: Yeah, it's pretty sad, eh? but you can see why uh, it's not the best uh, place for a ground in the world. Eh? It's pretty chilly today. Firstly, on the infrastructure one, uh, I know the Na- National is looking at infrastructure as well in terms of public-private partnerships. Is that a road you're going to go down? Are we stint on the catwalk, and this week he's set to outline his action plan for the year. The Prime Minister is with us now. Good morning, Prime Minister. Morning, as revealed on One News last night, Pike River Coal itself did raise concerns about mind safety in New Zealand prior to this uh, incident here in Greymouth. To help
0: us with this little heart attack in a handbag, go. Been
1: oh, thinking about it. that was my worst moment in television, sure, today. <laughs> without a doubt. Just
0: hold still, Corrin, hold still, hang on, we, hold still, we're just going to get a shot of your face.
1: Mm.
0: Oh no, oh, he's groaning
1: in ecstasy. It's a double down, sorry, I mean, double it's
2: down. What, it's what? I'm sorry. Don't be sorry, just...
1: Oh, <laughs> oh put it off. <laughs> This former Mexican citizen says Trump's been misrepresented. Mr Trump definitely is not a racist. Have you considered whether you should step aside in the interest of the party? Yeah, again, look, I'd be lying to you
3: if I said that I hadn't thought about that. That, uh, and in fact, I've spoken to senior colleagues about that.
1: Did you come down thinking that you would actually tell the truth and, and, and give people the full story?
3: Well, I came down and answered the questions I was asked uh, with what I thought at the time.
1: Not everyone is happy about Donald Trump coming to the ASEAN Summit here in Manila. These are left-wing and student protesters who are furious that he's here. They want him dumped, they want him out, and they do not want him in the Philippines. Is Patrick Gower sexy? <laughs> yes.
2: <I laughs>
0: So, Colin, what do you think are your greatest hits?
1: <laughs> I think I need to uh, throttle the producer edits.
0: That's we had nothing to
2: do with that. That's why we had, no, um, had editors in TV, there was some, by the way. Oh,
1: there was, it took with some, some bad memories there as well. But no, um, what was, was your favourite br- moment? Yeah. Uh, no, we sound like
0: we're talking to Bill English.
1: Oh, uh, My favourite moments have been the elections, without doubt. Um, just There's nothing like the, the, the dirty politics election and then the last election gone. Um, just the – it's just like, uh, you know, for a political junkie, it's just pure heroin, isn't it? It's just – you're just mm. – so you what I love it about it awake. is um, you're just all – the, all the slow days, all the quiet days, all the hard yards that you've done in the year and the years in that term or whatever, in the election you're just operating on your instinct and what is in front of you. Mm. You don't have time to be double-guessing things all the time. You've got to trust your instincts and your – your intuition and your experience and then you put it out there and you hope that you've got it right and i i felt pretty good about the two elections that i did and it was just yeah you couldn't hide you couldn't you couldn't fake anything mm-hmm. it was just bang you're out there and you're and you're dealing with you know really tricky issues on a daily basis one one thing i i really wanted to say about being political editor is that um You know, you're constantly under pressure of are you biased, are you fair, and, um, you know, people always are are asking you and questioning you about that, and the the answer I was given, I always want to stress this, is that the difference is, and it's the same for you guys and any political journalist for that matter, is that we put huge effort and huge energy into trying to make sure that we are um, unbiased, mm, and yep. that we are objective. Now, of course, we can't be perfect all the time, when we're mm. going to make mistakes, and we're going to overemphasise something. When we, you know, it's going to be bouncing around a little bit from time to time. But by God, we try, and I've always tried really hard to watch for the blind spots that are that I've got. That you
0: know that
1: are- to, to 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 talk with, you know, and I've been so lucky to work with people like you two, and others, and great producers like Peter Stevens, Jess Roden, um, great editors like Adam, and others um, who catch you out. When you, when you are, when you don't, when you do miss those blind spots mm-hmm. And so I've been very lucky yeah. And In
0: question you on it,
1: yeah, yeah. Worst I, moment? Worst moment uh, <laughs> as political editor Ooh,
0: Working with us, but he doesn't want to say Yeah, diva oh, one <laughs> and diva two <laughs> No,
1: I mean, there, there are some Look, you know, there are. there's no question The worst moments for any journalist are when you get scooped And you, oh, you've just yeah. been, yeah. been wiped out by someone And look, you know, I spent five and a half years Going up against Paddy Gower And he came up with some pretty good scoops on From Time to Time and they were some pretty hard moments. Yeah,
2: you guys yeah. are a big loss to the but, gallery.
1: Um, you know, the, that's tough, you know, or, or when, you, when you get a story that you broke and then it gets wrestled off you. Mm. That's yeah. tough as well. But the, it, it, I just think, um, yeah, those are probably the darkest moments when you're sort of you, – you, but uh, I, in the end it's, it, it's ultimately about consistency, people trusting you, you know, fairness, those sort of things. And, and I hope that those sort of things came through in the end with me.
0: I think you'll be very well missed from
2: us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from we're everyone. really going to miss you.
1: Yeah, well, as I say, I'll just be across the fl- across the uh, corridor a little bit. No, you're dead to us. Now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Safe pair of guiding hands you'd think for as for Corin. Not to sound like Bill English,
1: but mm.
2: <laughs> no more yeah. double downs, though. No, no more, more double, double downs. downs. See, no, the thing about the double oh, <laughs> down. Yeah. Don't rehash it.
0: That wasn't when he was
1: political. That was a low plen- moment so, <laughs> on Breakfast, it's, that was.
0: Is Patrick Garve still sexy, though? It's a of big course. question. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, big changes in the press gallery, but also, I mean, in politics, it's quite strange. You know, National's looking for a leader, the Greens are looking for a co leader. TV3, TVNZ are looking for political editors. It's always mm. sort of what it's happens all changed. after the change. Yeah, but a it's a lot of change as well.
2: we are a a bit delayed, I suppose, because we had, last year, Was we had an interesting few weeks
0: with Winston. But yeah, the yeah. The,
2: the change, That always, it's a cycle. Things, things move on. Happens.
1: It is.
0: And I think we will probably be, I would think, be asking you to come back for guest appearance yeah, on I'll be, the pod- appearances as well. Probably online. have next time. You have to bring what the, the scones. So? I'll bring the
1: scones <laughs> and I'll bring the coffee.
0: And for the last time, we're going to give Cotton the... You're going to cry.
1: Great to have you with us. This was Inside Parliament, our weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering on One News. It is available every Thursday evening from 7.30pm on the One News Facebook page, SoundCloud, and do check us out on iTunes. That's it. Cheers.
2: Yay! God of honour!